put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we four witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and outrageous feminism. Plus a little witchy shit. Hi everyone and welcome to Hex Rated. This is Lily and only Lily today. I am uh, doing a mini episode all by myself, which is odd. I'm talking to a computer right now, which is odd. I'm usually talking to people. But um, this episode is going to be about my birth story and all of the fun stuff that happened with that. So if you've never had babies before, uh, maybe you'll learn something. If you have had babies before from your very own lady parts, then uh, we can share in this experience. I may end up pausing or taking a break during this because my babies are sleeping in the other room. And if you have babies, you know, they wake up when they want. And who knows when that will be. Sometimes they sleep for 30 minutes. Sometimes they sleep for four hours. So we'll see how long they sleep. And if I have to, I'll pause and I'll come back. You won't know because it'll be edited. This is going to be odd. I'm talking to myself right now. Okay. So, um, in case you didn't know, I was uh, pregnant with twin girls and now I have twin girls. They are uh, fraternal twins, not identical. They look, at least to me, they look totally different. One is a full pound heavier than her sister. So, quite a bit of difference between them. And one looks exactly like me, and the other looks exactly like uh, my husband, which is really hilarious. And um, we named them after a bird and after a tree. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about mentioning their names or anything. That's, we're just going to keep that kind of anonymous because they are babies. And uh, I don't know. Their names are kind of unique. I don't want y'all weirdos on the internet finding my babies somehow. I don't know. There's lots of weirdos on the internet. If you're a parent, be aware, be aware of weirdos on the internet trying to look at your babies. I don't know. It weirds me out when parents, um, not when they post photos of their kids, but when they post like lots and lots and lots of inf detailed information about their kids. And I'm like, mm, is this private? Make sure that this is private, y'all. Be aware of the, you know, footprint you're children are leaving on the internet i don't even know if that's the real term i sound like an old person now anyways <laughs> turning 29 this year lily is so old so i've rambled enough let's jump into this so twin pregnancies are considered high risk just because you have twins and there's a whole extra set of complications that come with having two or even more um babies inside of your uh, womb and so i was considered high risk just because I had twins, but my twins were die-die twins, so they had their own placentas and their own sacs, which is the safest uh, type of twins out there. So that was pretty good. Uh, but I did develop gestational hypertension during my pregnancy, which sucked. I ended up being in the hospital a few times for it. Um, I'm still monitoring it now postpartum to make sure that it stays in check. But I ended up being put on bed rest a month before my babies were born because of my hypertension which actually i made it pretty long a lot of uh 
multiple pregnancies get put on bed rest way before I did. I got put on bed rest around uh, 34, 35 weeks. So I made it quite a while, still working up until that point. But um, I was induced, which was really disappointing because I had this idea in my head of this beautiful birth experience where I go into labor at home and you know I have to call my husband and be like it's time it's time for us to go the babies are coming or I labored at home for a while and then didn't go to the hospital until it was time to have the babies until they were coming um unfortunately uh I had to be induced not unfortunately it happens and it was for the safety of me and the babies that I was induced after 38 weeks um for twins, for die-dye twins specifically, studies have shown that the placenta start to deteriorate pretty rapidly. So you're not really getting any benefit from keeping your twins inside of you after 38 weeks, um, but there are you're taking some risks. So um, I was working with a midwife who was also working with an OBGYN. My midwife was a certified nurse midwife. She is really amazing. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, just give a shout out to the Allen Birthing Center. And maybe I'm giving away too, inf- too much information about my life. But if you are in the DFW area and you want to have a more not as hospitalized uh, birth experience, then the Allen Birthing Center is amazing. But my midwife works with an OBGYN because I was a high-risk pregnancy. I couldn't give birth at the birthing center like I wanted to. I had to give birth at the hospital and I had to give birth in the operating room, which sucks because it's like super clinical and there's all these people and shiny lights. This is It's just like when you have this like romanticized idea of giving birth that is not, is not in the OR with everybody looking up your hoo-ha, but no matter what, people are going to be looking up your hoo-ha if you're given vaginal birth. If you're having a C-section, then they're going to be looking literally inside of your hoo-ha, all up inside of there, taking your organs out. Oh, man. Oh, it's making me oh, nauseous. If if you're listening to this and you had a C-section, then you are way more hardcore than me because that shit is gnar. Like, I was way more terrified of having a C-section than I was of giving birth vaginally and the, you know, my perineum potentially ripping, which it did, or tearing. That was way less scary than uh, having a C-section. Anyways, so I had to be induced because of all of these other reasons. And um, I was induced at starting on a Monday and um it was not fun I'm trying to decide if I want to give you all all the gnarly details of it but they I was not my body was not ready to give birth um when I started my induction I was dilated maybe to a one which doesn't mean anything my baby was sitting it uh pretty high up her head hadn't engaged yet um at least baby a so baby a was the one who was closest to my cervix who would come out first she was not in the right position like her head was too high up I wasn't dilated. Um, My cervix had thinned quite a bit. So when you give birth vaginally, they're looking for not only your dilation, like how big your, how wide your, the opening of your cervix is, but they're also looking for your effacement. And that's how much your cervix has thinned out. So um, 
I was not ready. So what they started me with is something called a Foley bulb or a Foley catheter. So it's like these two freaking balloons, like very, very tiny because it goes into your cervix, like not like water balloons. That would be horrifying. But like these two tiny balloons that fill up with water uh, throughout the course of hours and try to manually open up your cervix. So they did that and they started at night and it is super uncomfortable. So y'all, they put this thing up into me, into my cervix. Um, and I just had all of these tubes hanging out of my vagina basically, because it's like the, how they had to fill up the Foley bowl was to hook it up to something else. So they just, they just hooked it in and stuffed it up into me and, uh, just had all these cords. It was really, really difficult to go to the bathroom that night. I'm just going to say it was really hard. I had to like get, this is about to get nasty. I had to sit down on the toilet and like scoop up all my cords. I've got a freaking IV. I've got this blood pressure cuff. I'm in a hospital gown. Romantic. It was very, uh, it was, it was not fun, but, um, it didn't do that much. I thought the next day I opened up a little bit more. My midwife was really happy. I was not, I was not happy. It was just so clinical. It was not the experience I was looking for. So then that day, um, they tried Pitocin to, uh, get my contractions going. Cause I hadn't really had contractions. Listen, y'all, my babies, they would have stayed in me forever. It's it, like, I was told my whole pregnancy, they're like, Oh, twins come early. You're going to have twins and they're going to come way before you think they're going to come. That did not, that was not my experience. So if you get pregnant with two babies or more, who knows, you might be at 38 weeks. Suddenly they're like, okay, we have to induce you, uh, to get these babies out of you and you're not, your body's not ready for it, but we have to do it. And if it doesn't work, you have to have a C-section. So that was a Monday night that I had put in the Foley catheter. The next day, Tuesday, I was on Pitocin all day and it didn't do like a freaking thing. At the end of the day, I was dilated maybe one more centimeter. Um, I was a face. I was 90% of face. So my cervix had thinned quite a bit and was ready in that sense. And my baby had dropped down her, her nice, beautiful head had dropped down a little bit, but nothing happened. And, um, that day when I was on the Pitocin, I did start to have some contractions, but they were not like, we're getting ready to have a baby contractions. They were not consistent or very strong, but while I was having them, I decided to journey. So I had brought with me lavender to, uh, and my headphones. And so I put on some drumming music and I went on, um, kind of a spirit flight to kind of see what was going on. And during my spirit flight, I went to Yggdrasil. And when I journey, I always start off in the forest that in surrounds Yggdrasil to me in my visualization. So while I was walking through the forest headed toward, toward Yggdrasil, I could hear the drumming from the track that I was listening to. And I could feel around me all of my direct ancestors, like the women who had given birth to the women who had given birth to me, like my direct uh, ancestral motherhood, basically all around me. And it felt really powerful. And then when I was walking to Yggdrasil, I could feel them around me. And from Yggdrasil, I went to, from Yggdrasil, I went 
further into myself. I don't think that uh, on this particular soul flight or spirit flight, I don't think I left myself. This was all inside of me. I went to deeper, I think, within my myself and towards my daughters. And when I found them, they were like wrapped and cradled and hanging far above me. And I just kind of knew, like looking at them, I was like, this isn't going to happen today. My Today's not the day I'm not going to get my babies today. And um, which was totally true. I did not get my babies that day. Oh, I hear somebody stirring in the other room. I might have to hit pause and go see what's going on. Uh, where was I? So the Pitocin didn't work. So at about 5 p.m. they decided, they asked me, my midwife was like, either we can continue with the Pitocin or we can shut it off and let you have the night. Because when you're on Pitocin, you have to have an IV because um, that's how they're giving you the Pitocin. And you can't eat. So I didn't eat all day Tuesday. I mean, I did eat. I snuck some food. Don't tell my nurse that I snuck some food. But I snuck some freaking food because how can you not eat all day? Um, so you can't eat. So they were like, let's, we can keep going if you want to keep trying. Or we can just turn off the Pitocin, take your, unhook your IV, not take it out, but unhook your IV, let you eat, let you sleep comfortably tonight. As comfortably as you can sleep in hospital. So um, I decided to do that. Uh, so they unhooked me. I got to take a shower, put on comfy clothes, not the freaking hospital gown, and sleep that night. And then the next morning at 7 a.m., they started the Pitocin again. And my, uh, I asked my midwife, like, okay, so that was a Wednesday. If this doesn't work today, what are we going to do if the Pitocin doesn't get me started? And she said, we will have babies by Thursday. And we'll, so on Thursday, if the Pitocin hasn't worked, we'll break your water and manually. We'll see if that doesn't kick off your labor. Unfortunately, then that sets off. They don't want you to get an infection after your water has been broken because um, your uh, water kind of seals it up in there, up in, up in your lady bits, kind of seals it so that nothing can get in there. But once you break it, then you could get an infection. The babies could get an infection. So there's kind of, um, a lot of times, especially if you're at the end of your pregnancy, that's kind of, uh, a ticking clock. So I would only have 24 hours to give birth vaginally if my babies, uh, after my water had been broken. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And if my water, if they manually broke my water the next day and I didn't go into labor, then, or my labor didn't progress, then I would end up with a C-section, which, as I said earlier, is way gnarlier than what I was feeling. Um, I just didn't want to have a C-section for my own reasons. If you had a C-section, either because you had to or you wanted to, more power to you. Like, that is fine by me for you that was just not the experience I was looking for or wanted partially because I wanted the vaginal experience and partial partially because like I said a c-section sounds fucking gnar I did not want to be awake while they were cutting into me that is too hardcore for this witch so I got the Pitocin all day on Wednesday and they started at 7 a.m at about noon I was like oh okay I think I'm feeling some contractions but they were not doing a whole lot at that point point. and when you're on Pitocin they don't just start off giving you the max dose 
Um, and just so you, in case you don't know, Pitocin is a hormone that they give you that's artificial hormone that your body naturally releases when you're going into labor. And this is an artificial hormone to try to kickstart your labor. Oh, I hear some babies in the other room. They're quieting down. I'll keep going. So they don't just give you a whole bunch right at the beginning. They start with like a little bit, then a little more, then a little more. And then a little more and then they can go back and give you less so they can give you more um so throughout the day on wednesday they were giving me a little bit more a little bit more which is the same thing that happened on tuesday and nothing freaking happened so at about noon i was starting to feel the contractions but nothing had really been going on then by 3 p.m on wednesday shit was in full swing like these contractions it was all of a sudden like pitocin is really intense it was like all of a sudden my body was contracting and it was contracting hard my contractions were coming less than a minute apart they were right on top of each other it was real intense and then the nurse came in and she lowered my pitocin a little bit to see if my body would keep going didn't turn it off just lowered it because i was just having like these really intense contractions one right after the other no break in between so when your body goes into labor naturally what usually happens is it's a buildup with pitocin it's not always a buildup sometimes it's like a right there we are contracting we're about to have some motherfucking babies and that was what started happening at about 3 p.m and then at about 5 30 when they uh what am i saying no let me go back i missed a part so that was about 3 p.m so then at 4 p.m uh it was still really picking up but it was had settled down my contractions were not as close together anymore um, but my blood pressure was spiking my babies were fine it was my blood pressure and my midwife decided that if i can lower my blood pressure by laying down on my side or deep breathing then i'd have to do magnesium sulfate which would fucking suck or an epidural which lowers your blood pressure which is one of the risks of an epidural unless your blood pressure is high but i also really did not want an epidural for a lot of reasons Uh oh oh i hear a crying baby oh no my baby's crying okay y'all so i'm gonna pause this you won't even know it'll be like i was never gone for you but i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stop this and go feed a baby all right, y'all, I am back. And uh, hilariously, that was not just a couple hours, but this has actually been on to uh, the next day. So um, uh, where was I? Yeah, I was talking about my blood pressure spiking. So while I was uh, in labor, having contractions, active labor, very active labor. If you've ever been in labor before, you've been in sort of this sort of uh pain that is manageable like it's not like you're sitting there with your bones sticking out of your leg or something but pain that's coming and going and is manageable to a certain extent you know that movement helps a lot like if you have to sit there uncomfortably in one position or lay there in one position it makes it so much worse so being able to move and walk around is really helpful uh in labor so my blood pressure was spiking and i was told that i would either have to have an epidural which lowers your blood pressure or magnesium sulfate which sucks <laughs> unless i could get my blood pressure lowered so what i decided to do was go back into bed and lay on my left side and just focus on my breathing and get my blood pressure down that way which luckily that worked and my blood pressure came down it wasn't great 
but it was a lot more manageable than it had been because it was getting pretty high. The babies were fine. It was always just my blood pressure. The babies were always good. They were fine. So I had to lay there on my left side going through my contractions. Oh, I hear a baby in the other room. Oh, looks like she's fine. Um, uh, laying on my left side, having my contractions. And it was, I, I don't know if it made it worse because I had to get in like, I can't say whether or not it made it worse. It certainly didn't help having to be in bed on my side. But I had my husband there and we had taken birthing class on the Bradley method, which is all about uh, natural or non-medication ways to manage pain and labor. It's focused on the birthing partner, whoever that may be for you. For me, it was my husband uh, helping you through it. And so I was laying on my side. I had my husband's hand. Uh, he was doing a great job of helping talk me through my contractions because they really are a wave. Like the contraction builds and builds and builds. It it hits its climax, its pinnacle, and then it starts coming down. You have a break. You're waiting for the next contraction. At the beginning of my labor, I had no break. They were coming back to back to back, but they lowered the Pitocin. So I wasn't getting as much and that helped to uh, space out my contractions. And eventually they were able to turn the Pitocin off because my body was just doing everything itself, which was excellent because Pitocin contractions are way worse. I have heard than uh, regular contractions. That's what I've heard from women who have had Pitocin induced labors and then had labors where they went into labor naturally because it builds up your body has time instead of with the pitocin where it's just like bam you're in labor bitch get ready to have this baby uh which is, uh, sucks so laying on my side we're using these techniques i'm breathing really deeply i really had to go into myself like they talk about it like being like labor land like a woman goes into labor land to get through her contractions it really is like I knew what was going on around me the nurses were coming in and out they would ask me questions and i would respond but you go into this like primal space like one of the ways i was working through my contractions was just these like guttural crazy noises like i don't know where they came from but it felt natural to make them and um they they helped because when i tried to not make noise it was so much worse so i just gave into this like these like primal like guttural noises like they weren't yells but they were just like these like grunts <laughs> but they it was it's something like deep and primal that gets you through it and I had a cold wash rag that had lavender essential oil on it that I was using to like help with aromatherapy and smelling it and I had my husband's hand and he was talking to me through it he was like okay he was telling me what parts of my body to relax because I was tensing and he was like relax your shoulders okay take a deep breath in 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 breathe with me and he was breathing with me he was like okay now on this contraction you're gonna uh, when you release out your breath I want you to just sink into the bed and it was really he he really turned it on it was really really helpful everything that he was doing I don't know if I could have made it through those contractions without his help but I will ha I, I will say that for me, um, everybody's different. For me, the contractions never felt unmanageable. Like there was never a point having contractions where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Give me the epidural. This is the worst pain of my life. Like I was told that I would be screaming for the epidural at some point. And that didn't happen for me. 
I think that that had a lot to do with my birthing class, with my husband being there to support me, and with just the conviction of, I don't want an epidural. For my own reasons, if you had an epidural, if you want an epidural, by all means, get one. That's, you do you, and I'm doing me, and it's all good. Um, But I really didn't want one. And I think that that conviction kind of helped as well. Um, I don't, I can't say if I just have a higher pain tolerance. I'm really not sure. I don't feel like I have that high of a pain tolerance. I mean, I've sat there and gotten tattoos for hours and hours, but I have to tell you, this pain is not like getting a tattoo at all. So once I did start going into labor, it all went pretty quick. My dilation, my effacement, the babies getting into the proper position, it all went really fast. Like I, at three, um, they were like, okay, uh, you're going into labor now. Like your contractions are regular. This is active labor at seven. Uh, no, at eight, really. Cause it was like seven forty-five. I was being wheeled into the OR to deliver. Like everything was ready. I was 10 centimeters dilated. It's usually standard procedure with uh, multiple deliveries that you have to deliver in the OR in case something does go wrong. They can just switch really quickly to a C-section, which kind of sucked. Like I said, I didn't really want to give birth in the OR, but it wasn't really as bad as I thought. Like I had this really clinical idea in my mind that there'd be these bright lights on me, which there were. Um, It was not, I couldn't control the lighting. I couldn't control how I labored. I had to be on the bed. I couldn't walk around. Um, You just don't have as much control when you're in the operating room and giving birth. But you know what? It is what it is. And so I was wheeled into the OR, getting ready to push. My midwife is there. I've got these fantastic nurses. Like, really, the nurses were amazing. My mom is there, and uh, my husband is there, and I start pushing. And a lot of women have told me that the pushing was the easiest part. It was a relief. They finally got to push. My mom said the same thing, that, like, five pushes, and I was out, and I was her first kid. And let me tell you, the pushing was the absolute worst I could have done contractions for hours longer. The pushing was terrible. I questioned all of my decisions. I I pushed for like an hour, an hour and a half with my first baby, uh, with my first daughter to get her out. It was awful. It was painful. I couldn't push properly like it's it's not intuitive to know exactly where to push and there's part of you that's fighting against it because you have all these people around you you're laying on your back your legs are being pushed up to try to help you get into your pelvis into the right position and they're like push and they're like pressing on you like feel where my finger is that's what my midwife was doing she was like push there try to push right there and I'm like oh my god what it took forever oh it felt like an eternity I, I had moments where I was like, I can't do this. This is it. Like I, I these babies aren't going to come out of me. They're going to have to give me a C-section. They're going to have to cut me open. I can't do it. It was this painful, exhausting. I was so tired. I thought I was going to fall asleep in between pushes. I, I will say that in between pushes, it's you're fine. Like there's no pain in between the pushes. And then you feel a contraction coming and you're like, okay, I have to push through the contraction. That's how the pushing works. And it was really, really terrible. I had to go really deep inside myself to like summon the strength. I don't know how I did it to push out my uh, first baby. And it was like her head, they kept saying her head was right there. And when she crowned and when I was pushing her out was the most excruciating pain of my life. I'm not going to lie. Like it was 
brief in the grand scheme of my life, <laughs> but it was the most excruciating pain of my life. And my first daughter who came out, she had her hand on her cheek. So she was actually wider. And my midwife had to hold her hand next to her head while she was coming out so that she didn't let that arm go and then become even wider, dislocate her shoulder and tear me more. I did tear with her because she was just so big and I ended up with a second degree tear. I mean, everything was painful, so I don't even know how, when, what, but when they brought her out, she, when they brought her out, what am I saying? I pushed her out. Like, I hate that term. Somebody delivered my baby. I did that. Okay. I pushed out a baby. Nobody was there delivering it. I pushed it out. I mean, my midwife caught my baby and then gave it to, gave her to me, but I pushed that baby out and it was as soon as she was out, it was this intense relief that it was over and done. And then she didn't cry. She just looked around like she's just looking around. No crying. She just was looking around like, what is this place? And they put her on my chest and it was just surreal. Like it was this just surreal feeling. And I wanted to go to sleep so bad. I was so tired. And then it hit me that I have another baby inside me. There's going to be another baby coming out. I have to do this all over again. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I had my first daughter on my chest and they were like, okay, we're going to take her now and get her cleaned up and we're going to push out baby B. And I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I was like, no, no, don't take her. Not yet. And they were like, we need to push out baby B. And I was like, not yet. And I just, oh, I was so tired. And eventually they did wrestle her from me, not wrestle, but they convinced me to give her to uh, back to get cleaned. Then about, it took 23 minutes after her sister uh, was born, baby B was born. And I really, that one was the hardest because I was like, I've already done this. I don't want to do it again. It was painful and difficult. It's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. The most painful thing I've ever done in my life. And I had to go deep inside of myself to summon that strength. And I tell you again, I don't know how I did it it's it's primal and it's uh yeah primal I don't know a better word for it it's just this this primal strength that you have to summon to do this this crazy intense thing of pushing a child two children in this case out of your vagina my midwife was having when I was pushing her out when she was finally coming out of me my midwife was telling me to go slow and I just was like slow just pull her out like because they were trying not to make sure I didn't rip more and they uh, my midwife was turning her as well so she wanted me to go slow so she could help turn her uh, my baby out of me and I was I remember knowing at one point because I wasn't looking down there I remember knowing that she's halfway out of me and I just wanted to be like just pull her out just pull her out I'm done I'm done I'm done giving birth just pull this baby the fuck out of me and she came out and she was screaming unlike her sister who didn't make any sound at all she was just screaming and screaming and they put her on me and then they brought me my first daughter and I just had these two babies on me, these two babies that I had created and that I had given birth to. And it was exhausting and profound. And I was just so unimaginably tired. I have never been so 
tired in my life. I thought I was going to fall asleep. It was so crazy. And my mom was there and she kissed my forehead and she was crying and she told me how proud she was. And my husband was there and he was crying and he was holding the babies. It it was just so intense. And I, I mean, I don't know how I did it. It was really, uh, it was real serious, y'all. And it was, I have to say, I did feel kind of like a rock star because I was the first in like three years twin vaginal delivery without an epidural. And so when I was getting wheeled around in the uh, that night going to my room and stuff, the nurses were all like, this was the unmedicated twin delivery. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You're amazing. And I, it, you do feel kind of like a rock star. You're like, yeah, I'm amazing. I did that. I don't know how I did that but I did it. So there you go. There you go, y'all. I'm amazing. And, um, it was just really a real serious culmination to this pregnancy because me and my husband tried for two years to have, uh, to get pregnant. And I really reached a point where I didn't think that I would. And I hadn't gone through fertility or IVF or anything like that. And I honestly don't know if I could have because that's it really intense and takes it's painful and uncomfortable and invasive and um takes a lot of mental fortitude and I really just got to the point after two years where I was like I'm just not gonna get pregnant it's just not in the cards for me apparently naturally I would have to do IVF and I don't know if I want to do that or some other fertility treatment and then we got pregnant and it was amazing and not being pregnant, excuse me, being pregnant sucked. Being pregnant was the worst, okay? A lot of women I know uh, uh, say, or not a lot of women, but a, a good amount of women are like, oh my God, pregnancy was so beautiful. I felt like I was glowing. I want to be like, fuck you. It was terrible and uncomfortable and painful. And I wanted those babies out of me. It was not, I mean, it was a beautiful, magical, spiritual experience. Yes, but it was... It, it, painful and uncomfortable and uh not fun oh gosh there's this one lady um who I know who was while I was pregnant she was like because she had a one and a half year old or a one year old and while I was pregnant she was like oh I can't wait to have another being pregnant is just so great and like it was all of my self-control not to be like oh fuck you you bitch Ugh. So beautiful pregnancy. I mean, it is. It is beautiful. And if you had a great pregnancy and enjoyed it, more power to you. But I had hypertension. I couldn't eat everything I wanted to eat. I couldn't do everything I wanted to do. I was gigantic because I ended up with 14 pounds of baby inside of me, which is ridiculous. 14 pounds of baby that I then pushed out of my lady bits. So there you go it was intense and that's my birth story and now I have these two babies and that's real crazy too and that's an adjustment and I love them it's real it's crazy motherhood is really weird <laughs> and it's also as I said before really weird to just be talking to my computer because there's no one in here I'm just talking to myself if there's anything that I can leave you with about birth you know what I don't know you do you and if you want to have babies then I hope you can and you do if you don't want to have babies then I hope you don't and you don't have to and you don't need to and 
being a woman is a crazy experience no matter what the what the circumstances of your womanhood are and yeah that's my that's my birth story oh one other thing uh that i'm gonna leave you with if someone tells you not to come to their birth like while they're in labor don't fucking come i don't care if you are the mother the mother-in-law sister best friend brother like i don't care who you are if the woman who is in labor says do not fucking come to the hospital don't try to come into my room don't fucking do that okay i don't care who you are you are not the one in labor respect her wishes that's you know what respect her wishes always she's the one in labor respect it okay i'm done all right y'all uh hocus hocus uh pocus bitches witches you know i gotta be real with you uh every time that i say hocus pocus uh at the end of a podcast i switch out whether i'm saying bitches or witches because i'm really not sure which one we're supposed to be saying so uh hocus pocus my bitches and my witches